You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What year did the War of 1812 take place in? Uh, 1813. Oh, Welcome to Oddball. Happy Valentine's Day. As you can see, I'm thrilled for this. Uh, over there, yeah, somewhere where I don't even know where you are, Charlotte, but you're I'm there, in Charlotte. I'm in New York City. I mean, for now, we'll be in Indiana yes. by the time this thing airs, probably. Yes, we will. Got a, pack show today we've got the second half of our conversation with claire de Lune. we go over superlatives for the first half of the season we also have some talk about jerseys all-star jerseys also let's take a deep deep dive into mitch kupchak's replacements but the big news of the day charlotte mm-hmm. as reported by espn the warriors apparently ahead of the trade deadline contacted the lakers to mm-hmm. test the waters on a lebron to the warriors type deal as it goes, Golden State owner Joe Lacob reached out to Lakers owner Jeannie Buss at the behest of Draymond Green saying, hey, I think there's a chance that LeBron may want to make a move to come and be paired up with Steph Curry. Jeannie Buss said, don't ask me, ask LeBron via his agent, Rich Paul. They asked and the answer was an emphatic no. I mean, do you think that Draymond is so online that he took everybody who was saying like, should we do it? Like, what if they made a super team of old guys? And Draymond was like, oh yeah, what if we did? And just and called LeBron and was like, what do you say? I, I can't believe they didn't just do it. Draymond walks into my office, I'm Mike Dunleavy, and he says, hey man, I think there's a chance we could get LeBron. You know what I would say? Well, have you asked him? Yeah. Why am I gonna do this whole thing where I'm gonna tell my owner, who's gonna tell another owner, who's gonna tell their GM, who's gonna tell... We just expanded the universe of people who know about this incredibly desperate move. Yes. Two people, or I guess three people, because LeBron would know as well, to mm-hmm. about seven in no time. Yeah, totally unnecessary. I just uh, Now, you know what? This is the what? part where Draymond needs help. <laughs> Not all the other stuff. This is the, I hope he gets the help he needs. Because why would you do that? Why was that? And by the way, make no mistake, this is a bad look for the Warriors. You look Very. desperate. All that talk about, oh, just get us there. If we're healthy, we can get it. No, you guys are trying to get LeBron. Also, though, would have been a fever dream. Oh, my God. (laughs) We don't have enough time. We don't have enough time. All right, I mean, on Monday, the Charlotte Hornets announced that they are looking for a new head of basketball operations because Mm. former head of basketball operations and the general manager, Mitch Kupchak is going to transition into an advisory role once the new hire joins the organization. What's going on here? This happens all the time. Team gets sold. Mm-hmm. New owner wants to put up his own drapes, his own furniture. His mm-hmm. He wants to knock out the kitchen, make an open concept. And part <laughs> of that happens with the first person in line who is the chief basketball decision maker. That guy usually is the first to go because... Whatever they bought, they're like, well, unless you bought like 
the Nuggets right now, <laughs> having won a title, you're pretty much saying, well, like, it wasn't that great what you did. And right. so the rumors have been swirling already around Charlotte before the season started that, hey, Mitch is out and they're going to hire a certain someone. And as time went on, it first of all, it didn't happen. Second of all, the list of certain someones grew to several names. And so what we're seeing now is the official announcement. Hey, we're looking for a new chief basketball decision maker. And mm -hmm. Mitch Kupchak, who was, of course, not only championship winning general manager in Los Angeles with the Lakers, mm -hmm. but also a guy who was groomed by Jerry West and was a college teammate of Michael Jordan, which is why he was in Charlotte to begin with. Friend of Michael. But mm -hmm. now Michael is taking a step back. He is now minority owner and the new guys want their guy in place. Okay. So, I mean, what was the initial name that was circulating and what are the names that have been added since this first, I mean, since this became obvious to people within the basketball world and now public to those outside of it. Jeff Peterson, it okay. was the original name. Now, Jeff Peterson is the assistant GM with the Brooklyn Nets right now. Mm -hmm. Prior to that, he was in Atlanta. He was an assistant GM with the Atlanta Hawks. And when he was with the Atlanta Hawks, one of the minority owners in Atlanta was a guy named Rick Schnall. Hmm. Schnall, you may recognize him now as the hmm. new co-chairman of the Hornets. So oh. there was a rumbling behind the scenes like, look, this one's in the bag. It's his guy. He knew him from Atlanta. This is his opportunity to make a splash, to hire someone, a, a fairly new name, an, a relative unknown to the general public, but a guy known within NBA circles. And I thought that was it was done deal going to happen. And then all of a sudden you start hearing the name Trajan Langdon. Now, Trajan Langdon is the GM of the New Orleans Pelicans, but he's not the chief basketball decision maker there because he answers to David Griffin, who's the executive vice president of basketball operations for the Pelicans. So this would be Trajan Langdon's opportunity to call his own shots for his own organization and answer to no one but the owner. You ask, how did Trajan Langdon get on the radar? Well, Trajan Langdon, of course, went to college at Duke University. And the Hornets organization since the dawn of time, has an infatuation with hiring people and and recruiting players who either went to Duke or North Carolina, Wake Forest, or some local connection, trying to tap into that, that hotbed vein of, oh, we love our hoops down there in the Golden Triangle. Okay, I mean, so is there anybody else on this list, or is it most likely these two guys? So you have Mike Gansey. He's the GM in Cleveland, but he answers to Kobe Altman, who is the chief basketball decision maker there. Mike Gansey, some college fans might remember him from his exploits at the collegiate level, but not really much of an NBA playing career, but has worked his way up the ladder through the G League and up into the parent organization. That's one name. And then you have a much bigger name again, Elton Brand. Of course, he's been an all-star. He was a number one overall pick. And most importantly, he's been the GM of the 76ers, currently not the chief basketball decision maker because that's Daryl Morey, but has had experience as a chief basketball decision maker before Daryl Morey got there. And so it's a, a really weird group when you look at it. And by the way, all four of those guys, fairly young. Everyone on that list under the age of 50. So these are young guys, some of them more accomplished than others, but all looking to make a name for themselves. And that's the pool of candidates that the Hornets are picking from. If you were the new owner of the Hornets, out of these four guys, 
who would you choose? Oof, this is a tough one. You don't know what people do when they're not the ones calling the shots. Meaning, yeah, I can hear that this guy's a smart guy and he's a hard worker and he's this and that, but like, I really don't know because at the end of the day, whatever suggestion he made, somebody else was like, all right, let's do that, right? So of those four candidates, Elton Brand is the only one that I know that I could, yeah, that was his decision. Right. Uh, or he was the chief basketball decision maker. And I thought Elton Brand was on an, a rising trajectory as GM before kind of being derailed by the owner's infatuation with the newer, shinier thing, which was, of course, Daryl Morey. My safe bet is Ellen Brand, but all four of these guys, again, are people who have been spoken about very highly. And I don't think that anyone would kind of say, no, not him. In a right. weird way, there's a little part of me is like Jeff Peterson because I was a guy that didn't play in the league. So I'm like, yo, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm doing that little bias thing where it's like, yeah. yo, you, 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 you really worked your way up through the muck. Yeah. But again, all four of these guys have done it the right way. Like they even, you know, regardless of where their playing careers ended, they worked their way up through the muck, mm -hmm. the, the, the scouting trips that nobody wants to do. Mm -hmm and evaluating talent from Maris versus Siena and things like that, all the way up to the moment that they've all been waiting for, which is the chance to lead their own organization. So I think any one of these guys is a great pick. You know what my advice to these four guys would be in terms of mm -hmm. getting the job? Make the owners and the board, whoever's making all of these decisions ultimately, mm -hmm. make them think that your good ideas are their ideas and then oh. they will probably hire you. Charlotte, you're talking about getting hired. Yeah. Let me tell you right now. What? The most important thing uh -huh. that a chief basketball decision maker can do uh -huh. in their job is manage up. It's not no talent. It's not no the CBA. It's not have a good relationship with coaches. It's not have relationships overseas. It's, not, it's none of those things. The most important thing is, can I manage up? Because if I can manage up, I can make a ton of mistakes and keep it moving but if i can't do this i could be perfect at everything and one thing up and i'm mm -hmm. done it is the most important skill to have for any cheap basketball decision maker and i would argue to you that all the best ones across the league did a do or did a great job of managing up so it's not just to get the job it's for keeping the job as well there you go all right, coming up next, we've got our second half of our conversation with Claire DeLune of The Guardian. Last time, we talked to her about Jimmy Butler, about some of the surprising storylines in the season so far in the league. This time, we're going to get to her superlatives, her Defensive Player of the Year. You won't want to miss this one. Her MVP, her Coach of the Year, and much more. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. You guys think the Timberwolves can beat the Nuggets? Anthony Edwards is plus 1,300 to win finals MVP. Wow, that's putting the cart before the horse. And if your team isn't in the playoffs, you can wager on who's going to win in the draft lottery on May 12th. And if you're new to DraftKings, you've got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So here's what we're going to do. 
We're going to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code ODDBALL. That's code O-D-D-B-A-L-L for new customers to get 150 smackaroos in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, let's get into superlatives. So far this yes. season, here at the the unofficial midway point, your MVP is? All right, so I'm going to go with Shay. I think, I, here's the thing. Weirdly, so obviously Embiid was running away with it before he got injured. Now we know that even if he does make it miraculously back um, with his procedure, aka surgery, that for some reason they're not calling surgery for the playoffs, he's still not going to qualify for MVP based on the 65 game threshold. So he, if with him eliminated, I think Jokic is technically the front runner. That being said, I think Jokic actually weirdly would have been more likely to get it if Embiid had not had the first half of the season that he had. And mm. here's here's my thinking for that. Okay. So I think I thought Jokic was the front runner going into the season because I thought that there was going to be some like buyer's remorse yes. that the voters had about picking Embiid over Jokic last season because Embiid had kind of a meh playoffs and Jokic obviously showed that he's the best player in the league. So that's what I thought was going to happen heading into the season. But then Embiid was like, no, I'm really the MVP and I might get it again. And I feel like that might have sort of neutralized the buyer's remorse element. And that being said, I think voters love a narrative. They love like a underdog story. They love there to be like a story around the MVP. And I think Shay really fits that mold. So, so I'm going to go with Shay. Before I move on to the next award, I just want to point out, you said like you felt like it was going to be Jokic before the season started. Then the season starts and Embiid is playing great. So it's like, well... Looks like it might be Embiid, but Embiid gets hurt. So next man up is Shea Gilgis Alexander. What's the next? Who's the next American player who's going to win MVP? Because it's been a long time, and Shea's Canadian, so that that drought continues. Going back to when Giannis won his first MVP, you got Giannis twice, you got Jokic twice, you have Embiid, and for right now, at least on on the Claire Delune ballot. You have Shea Gildas Alexander. Who is the next American player you think is going to win MVP? That's such an interesting question because I definitely have Luka next in line <laughs> after Shea, after Jokic. So we have to get down to like, you know, the the fourth, fifth, sixth spot. But I think Anthony Edwards is going to win an MVP um, in the next five years or so. I mean, he's just on that trajectory. He's an absolute superstar. And his ascension, I think, is probably like either the biggest or one of the biggest reasons why Minnesota, you know, has turned its its fortunes around. All right, next award, most improved player. Yeah, so this one is interesting to me. I feel like Alperin Sengun is a really good choice for that. I think, you know, the Rockets are kind of under the radar again because they kind of have maybe regressed to the mean a little bit. Again, with the sort of underdog story turnaround, like voters love to see unexpected teams 
in this race. And I also think, you know, when I was thinking about my picks, they don't like to reward the same team twice in different categories. So I think we, I kind of was trying to look for different teams for each category. Um, but I do think that, that, you know, the Rockets turnaround this season has been pretty remarkable and Sengun has taken a huge leap. So that would be my pick. All right. Defensive player of the year so far. All right. So maybe a hot take, especially I know given your recent comments on this show, um, but I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought T-Max had He's, to be good. Yeah, but that was that was the response I was expecting. Um, and I guess the main reason why is because I do think Rudy Gobert will ultimately probably win this award. But I, um, spoiler alert for further questions down the line, gave Chris Finch my coach of the year nod. Okay. And again, I feel like, I mean, I understand being a number one seed, you might end up racking up a couple of these awards, but I feel like generally speaking, um, they try and keep it diverse as far as the team representation. Um, so assuming that Chris Finch is my front runner for coach of the year, I would give Anthony Davis Depoy, but I could easily see Rudy Gobert getting that award as well. Yeah, I kind of feel like they, they I, I don't know, like there always seems to be like a trend of teams winning all the awards or a lot of the awards. So I could see, absolutely see Rudy and Chris Finch both getting their awards uh, for Minnesota there. All right. Sixth man of the year. Let's see if you got my pick. I, every time I say my pick, people are, are surprised. Malik Monk. Oh, I love that pick, actually. I, yeah. He, he's been incredible for them. He's a guy, it's, you know, he's probably, the be, to me, the best example of, yes, yeah, some players are great no matter where they go. And some players are not, just not good enough no matter where they go. But a lot of players are like, yo, if you put me in a good situation, I'll be good. And so if you watch Malik Monk in Charlotte, you're like, I don't know. You watch him with the Lakers, you're like, okay, all right, so you're like a fringe guy, can hang around the league on the ends of a rotation. You watch him in Sacramento, like, this guy's great. And and, the, and he's, this is his second yeah. year now, he's really kind of got a comfort level, not only with the scoring, but what I love about him is his playmaking has gotten so much better. Um, yeah. So it, that's my pick for six man of the year. Obviously, it's uh, still a lot of basketball to be played, but having given you some time do you have do you have a name or are you gonna you gonna yeah go well i was me? thinking i mean i feel like they're gonna maybe want to reward this clippers season oh, in some way yeah. um do you i don't know though? it's it's interesting because i don't know what the they're gonna look like post deadline but um going with my narrative theory i feel like they could potentially reward russell westbrook because him taking that bench role it was sort of the catalyst to turning their season around and he has had a pretty productive season off the bench. Um, I thought if he had stayed on the Lakers last year, they, he might have been given that six-man award last year for the exact same reason, because um, coming off the bench as obviously a former MVP, future Hall of Famer is, is not an easy move to make. So maybe him, honestly, or Norm Powell off the same team. Yeah. I, like there's multiple six-man options on the Clippers. So a Clipper of some kind, maybe? A Clipper. Well, I'll, I'll allow that. We'll, we'll allow that. A Clipper is the answer. <laughs> All right. And now... For the most hotly contested one. More, even more contested than MVP. This is the hottest race. Rookie of the year. Do you have Chet? Do you have Buenbenyama? Or are you going other? Because there are other good rookies this year. Oh, man. Okay. Well, so you're saying that they would pick multiple players from the same team. In which case, I think there's a very good chance Chet could get it, even if Shea gets MVP. Um, I went with Wemby 
for two reasons. Mm. One, because of that trying to kind of diversify, pick a different team for every award ethos. And also because I think voters are very cognizant of where they sit in history and they think about how it's going to be looked back on. Um, and I think it's clear that although San Antonio has not had a tremendous year, they've been one of the worst teams in the league in pretty much every metric. Um, Wemby is going to be incredible. I think we've seen enough from him to know that the hype is real. And um, I think Rookie of the Year will make sense on his resume when all is said and done. So I would go with Wemby, but I could, Chet, I think, has earned it. Absolutely. All right. I got two hypotheticals for you here. Okay. Hypothetical number one. What's what's more likely? The Timberwolves turn back into a pumpkin or the Warriors get their act together before the end of the season? I think I don't think this is the Warriors year. And, and I do feel like the Timberwolves, I think that their defense is unassailable. Mm -hmm. And I think defense can absolutely win you one, two, three games in a playoff series, even um, in a seven game series, the offense just also has to be there. And I feel like their offense has been up and down. So the Timberwolves are a team where I could see them getting to the finals and I could see them going out in the first round, wow. just depending on what the matchups are like. Um, and I think I would be more, I'd be more shocked if the Warriors made a deep run this year than I would be if the Wolves got eliminated early. All right. Sure. Final hypothetical for you. Mm -hmm. What happens more? Do the Celtics win more games in the second half of the season or do the Pistons lose more games in the second half of the season? I'm going to say Pistons lose. Wow. Um, I think the the Celtics might have peaked a little bit at the wrong time. I think they're maybe course correcting that a little bit right now, kind of putting on the brakes, it feels like, um, and starting to save up some steam for the playoffs. That's my impression, at least. Like, I think they came out the gates. They wanted to prove a point. They did. Number one seed. And I think they're going to start, you know, doing maybe some load management, some just effort management um, down the stretch here. So I would say the Pistons might not win another game. I mean, I just Damn. I don't think they're going to turn it around. Damn. All right. Her name's Claire DeLune. You can follow her at Claire MPLS and make sure to check out all her work on The Guardian, including her feature with Jimmy Butler. I mean, we didn't even get to talk about the Neymar part, which is fascinating. I don't know. Yeah. The he, Neymar doesn't speak English and Jimmy doesn't speak Portuguese. That's and they they're BFF. They're BFF. It's incredible. They Transcends language. And, and shout out to technology. So, but Claire, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. That was really fun. All right, Charlotte. They unveiled the All Star jerseys. By the way, we never really talked about this, and here they are mm -hmm. in kind of maroon and navy blue with cream like I, I don't know if they go for a hoosiers thing with the cream kind <laughs> of like a yellowed oh yeah uh, you know like weathered old jersey from a yesteryear or, or i don't know what would you think about them you know i actually didn't hate them i feel like with the return to east versus west they are probably trying to do something very classic my favorite part is the warm-ups the bowling shirt with the two colors <laughs> yeah you know that feels very i would wear that i hope you can buy them i would probably buy one uh i didn't i you know i i can see where people would say you know they're boring or not flashy or not exciting but i think that when you're getting back to the basics of the all-star game i don't hate this move i think they're i think they look pretty nice yeah i kind of wish they went back to the uh the 80s one where it's just red 
oh yeah white and it's like with the stars and it just says nba all-stars on it those were cool yeah. uh also alex who works on the show mm-hmm. said hey what about going back to when this pays homage to the city so i don't remember remember like the phoenix one had like a cactus on it and the mm-hmm. vegas one had like playing cards and stuff like that i wouldn't mind that as well but yeah i guess like these are cool like no one's gonna object to these no one's gonna be like ew those right. are ugly and i think given some of these uh ist jerseys that we saw or you know whatever you want to call them the signature i can't remember the stupid ass the city edition yeah i don't stupid ass names for jerseys (laughs) yeah some of them were like maybe this is for the best that we're like hey guys let's tone it down let's be conservative but on the topic of of alternate jerseys there Mm -hmm. is a guy on twitter uh his name is jake pablo media and what he's been doing apparently all season long is coming up with special edition Miami Heat jerseys mm-hmm. after every win. One of the recent ones he did was this one. It was a Lebetard show one. And I kind of thought it was pretty fire. So I was like, oh, wow, let me look through some of his other work. And he has a Flanagan's one. If you're in the Miami area, you know very well the bar Flanagan's with the green cup. So they, they've got one of those. They've got mm-hmm. a, uh, a, this one I love, a live nightclub one. They sure <laughs> the do. One. Yeah. Which is just tremendous. And a, uh, um, a Florida lottery one, you know, and, and, and many more Charlotte, what, which ones of these did you like? I love the Publix one. I think anytime you have a jersey dedicated to a supermarket, that is very cool. Um, I like the Art Deco one. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you weren't you weren't quite as hot on mm-hmm. that one, um, but I was also very into Florida Panthers one. They did oh. a whole series of other teams like the Dolphins mm-hmm. and the Marlins, and and I thought the the Florida Panthers one was just like classic old school, very very fun. Let me just give a suggestion to Jake Pablo Media. If you're thinking of what's the next one I should do, mm-hmm. you got to do 11. You have to do 11. <laughs> it's it's criminal that you haven't done 11 yet. You've done all these other establishments. 11 is a cornerstone of Miami and Miami culture. And so, yes, please give me an 11 one. And if you make it, I'll buy it. How about that, Jake Pablo Media? Jake Pablo, you're going to get money from Amin. Make this. I also feel like any other fan of another team who is good at graphic design get on this start making mm-hmm. fun additions because i need to see these for other cities i would i would love to see like a wawa one for philly <laughs> a duncan one for boston oh like God, you can yeah. do you can do so many fun things here so just to yeah i can't i don't know how to really work illustrator but if, for those who do there's a fun a fun lane for you here if anyone in phoenix is doing this pizzeria bianco you got to make a pizzeria bianco Suns jersey there you go. And I'll buy that one too, by the way. That's it for us at all, ball. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.